0: hey, it's not just Christmas that's coming. The King is coming again, ready or not. My name is Leon Evans from Life Central Church. And every day this week, as we prepare for Christmas, we've been asking, how do we not just get ready, but how do we become ready enough? Because we can't really be ready for everything in life, but we can be ready enough. We've talked about making our heart ready, like Mary did, getting our minds ready. But another way is to make sure our eyes are ready. You see, what we see is crucial. And I'm not just talking about physical sight. Helen Keller, that very famous author who was visually and impaired as well as hearing impaired, she said the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. In that first Christmas story, most people's eyes were not ready. They were looking for the wrong things in the wrong places. They were looking for light in places of darkness. And light is a major theme of Christmas. Now, come on, own up. Who put their Christmas lights up weeks ago, maybe even in November or October? Maybe some of you are thinking, oh, actually, it's almost Christmas and my lights aren't up yet. You know, have you ever found yourself sitting in the dark? Maybe you've been to a cinema in the day and in the darkness, you enjoyed the film. And when the film ends, you head out and you open the door and you'd forgotten it's daytime. And as you throw the door open, the light hits your eyes. You see, when that happens, you react, you resist and you retreat. Maybe you're on holiday, you head outside on the first day, expecting it it to be UK dreary grey weather and the sun hits your eyes. You react, you resist, you retreat. What happens to me often is is, is my wife wakes up early, she creeps around the bedroom. If she senses I'm awake, she switched the light on and I'm kind of not really awake. But then I see and that light hits me and I react. I resist, I retreat back under the duvet. It's the human response. When light hits us, we don't like it at first. When someone points out some darkness in our lives, some habit, some attitude, some character flaw, we don't like it. Even if our partner or our friends do it and they do it suddenly, we don't like it. We react. We resist. We retreat. But here's the thing. When we resist the light, we resist the life Because light shows up what's really there. Light is truth and truth always brings life. John, who was a friend of Jesus, an eyewitness, who cared for Jesus' mother, he wrote several books in the Bible and it says this, he wrote this, in him was life, this is Jesus, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. He goes on to say, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, in other words, to those who adjusted their eyes, he gave the right to become children of God. You know, I've noticed something when it comes to parenting. It's really hard, isn't it? For all you parents or grandparents you are preparing for Christmas, it's really hard. You know, when your kids are little, it's easier to point out the darkness you see in them, the attitudes, the character, the selfishness. You know the famous story of the lad called Billy. He wanted a new bike for Christmas and um, he thought he'd bypass Santa and go straight to Jesus. So he wrote, Dear Jesus, I've been a good boy all year and would appreciate a new bike, your friend Billy. He knew that was not the truth. So he ripped up the letter and he went to try again. Dear Jesus, I've been an okay boy this year and I want a new bike. Yours truly, Billy. Looks at that, that ain't true either. So he ripped that up again. Dear Jesus, I've thought about being a good boy. Can I have a new bike, Billy? But you know, Billy looked into his heart and saw darkness. He got angry, went into a Catholic church, knelt down at the altar. Then he saw the statue of Mary, grabbed it and took it home, wrote a final letter. Jesus. I've got your mother. You ever want to see her again? You better give me a bike. You know who. It's a funny story, but you know the truth? The older we get, the easier we find it to hide the darkness that's in our life. We protect ourselves. We react. We resist. We retreat. But you know, God doesn't hesitate to shine his light. Why? Because if light brings life, God is so full of love. For us, he won't hesitate to bring the light. Even if you resist, he loves you too much to let you miss out on the life. And in those moments when we embrace light and the darkness dissipates, we recognise our life changes for the good as we get ready for celebrating Christmas, as we prepare our hearts and our minds and get our eyes looking in the right way for the second coming of Jesus. Let's remember in that first Christmas story, that light show in the skies as the angels announced the news of the birth of Jesus to the shepherds. At first they reacted and they resisted. Listen to the words. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 to 11. But the angels said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Not just a moment of light and then step back into the darkness. Now this is life changing reality. The light of the world, the saviour of the world has been born. Adjust your eyes. Keep them open long enough and you'll find life and love, not just for Christmas, but for a lifetime. When we resist the light, we resist life. When we surrender to the light of God's truth, we surrender to life. Maybe today or maybe this Christmas time, you could say to God again or for the first time, God, let there be light. Philip Brooks graduated from Harvard Law School in the 1800s, Aged 20, became a professor, and he was fired. His life didn't turn out as he wished or as he'd hoped. In his memoirs, he writes, I do not know what has become of me. Now I wish I was 15 again. I might become a strong man, but now I don't seem to be on my way to becoming much of anything. Everything he'd worked for disappeared. He wished he was 15 again. He thought his life was over. But he surrendered to God. He went to become a Bible college pastor, a preacher, a writer, a friend of the president, Abraham Lincoln. In fact, he did a eulogy at Lincoln's funeral. But then he lost a friend and the president was assassinated. And then the civil war and all of that pain. And Philip Brooks got depressed and discouraged. He headed to Israel, the Holy Land, for a year. And he writes this, While I was there one Christmas Eve, I went to a service in Bethlehem. Then I sat on a hillside and I experienced a peace. Since that night, there will always be an everlasting song in my heart. Later, he wrote a poem, which a church musician set to music. In 1868, it was sung for the first time. It was called, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Listen to this. O Little Town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. As you get your heart and your mind and your life ready for the celebration of the first coming, let's look ahead to the second coming. Let's make sure our eyes are ready and that we see in him is light and in him is life.